and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And today I got the band back together. So gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? How's it going, guys? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. And this is Rob Spex for Pastor Discipleship. All right. So also, this is uh, two elders of Sacred City and two aspiring elders yeah. yes. of Sacred City. So yes. we introduced them to the body guys. this past week, and they are stepping into the elder development process. So that's yeah. an exciting time. Yeah. And so hopefully you're going to hear a lot of wisdom pouring forth from them. <laughs> Here we go. Immediately, once they are uh, stepped into this process, their uh, their wisdom should have they increased have arrived. Yeah, drastically. <laughs> we still got a little bit longer to chill, though. Yes. <laughs> All right. So right now... We are in this kind of series in our podcast where we're talking about five lies that Christian parents believe. The first lie, lie, the first lie was our kids' salvation is basically a flip of the coin, right? Um, this, we talked about that in the first one. The second lie was education is just an open-handed issue, just an open-handed issue. The Bible doesn't really talk about education, right? Mm-hmm. We answered that lie. And the second one, well, this one... It's going to be, um, it might be familiar to some people, maybe less familiar to others, but basically the lie is this. Obedience is the goal of parenting, all right? Obedience is the goal of parenting. So children, obey your parents so it will go well for you, right? We, we all know that Bible verse. And what I'm getting at here is many parents in trying to apply that Bible verse and in trying to um, help their children flourish and we want this to go well for you, so therefore obey me, we contend to focus on outward behavior. Mm -hmm. We contend to focus on getting our kids to say the right things, do the right things, even though they're not the right person. Yeah. Right? So here, here's what I'm going to say. I've said the lie, and I'm going to say the truth. The lie is obedience is the goal of parenting. The truth is the goal is for them to love God and love God's standard. Right? So do you, do you guys hear the difference in, what, in this, this lie versus the truth that I'm laying out? Absolutely, yeah. A huge, huge difference in, in the two. I'm, I think the direction we're going to have to go down is, wow, that sounds a lot like a heart issue in yeah. terms of love, right? Yeah. Love, is, love is going to be coming from our heart. It's going to be, it's, it's a, not just a decision of the will, but it's a, it's, what we're talking about here is um, that which is, I do it because I love it. And, yeah. and yeah. wow, how do we, as a parent, that's, that seems overwhelming. So yeah, we need, we're going to have to run down that direction, I think, on this. Yeah. yeah. And I listened, I'll just tell you, uh, I've all, I've been greatly challenged by this thought and um, challenged in my parenting. Man and I talk about it a lot. And I listened to like a two-part teaching or sermon. It might have been a sermon on the Canon Plus app from Pastor Douglas Wilson. And I think he called it Loving the Standard or Teaching Our Kids to Love the Standard. Mm. And he, he has got f- phenomenal resources on parenting and... He's old enough that you can you can see if what he did worked, <laughs> yeah. which is what I like. And all of his kids love Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
all of his kids are still serving in their local church. And not only that, they all have kids of their own and all of their kids are following Jesus and they're, they're passing on this legacy. So I want to listen to a man with fruit like that. You know what I mean? Fruit on the vine. And he's talking about, so here's the temptation for parents. You say something and now this, this gets uh, more complicated as the older they get. You say something, the kid pushes back, right? And you're just all in that moment. All you want is for them to obey. Just get in the van without a fight. Yeah. Right? And so you're, what the temptation is, is to either dominate the argument or you can make it about you and guilt mm-hmm. trip them. You know, yeah. lots of moms, you guilt trip. I can't believe every time it's got to be an argument. Yeah. I just want one day without an argument. Why won't you do And And a mom will make it about her. Yeah. And oftentimes a dad will just be like, be quiet. Stop disobeying. Get your, yeah. you know, get in, get in the van or whatever. Yeah, it makes it about him yeah, in yeah. terms of his I, own. Hey, wait a minute, they're not obeying me. You know, I try to prove his him. dominance, yeah. or even some parents lie. Right? Yeah. So, so the dad there is applying pressure to the kid's will. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to dominate your will. I am more powerful than you, and I'm bigger than you. So be quiet and get in there yeah. for my own peace and comfort. And the mom is applying pressure to their emotions. Now here's the reality: biblical change doesn't come applying pressure directly to the will or directly to the emotions. Yeah. Though, those are all important and and they're necessary at, at times, right? We want to see heart level change. Yeah. We want to see our kids love mm-hmm. God and love the standard, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we want from our kids. Yeah. So the danger is, and this is how you can, you can traditionally see this play out poorly in somebody's life, is... The parents put all this pressure. They control all the the media. They control all the books they can read. They control all the, as many outside circumstances as possible um, in a child's life. And they they tell them exactly what they can and can't do. And they put all this pressure on them. And all that's basically the parents are putting this big bubble around Mm -hmm. the child or putting guardrails, however you want to say it. But as, and they get some obedience. They get some, the child's, the child obeys. The child looks like a good kid, right? But then as soon as that kid gets out from under that authority, Mm -hmm. whether it's 18, they move out, whether it's college, whatever it is, as soon as they get out from under that authority, that child goes wild. Yeah. Right. That you see this in, um, the Amish community, I think they call it Rumspringa, <laughs> yeah. when they're 18, just let them go run wild, yeah. you know, and the kids just go crazy for a couple years, then they ruin their life, and they, a lot of them come back, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not what we want to do with our children, mm-hmm. right? We want to raise them up in the discipline, the education of the Lord, right, in such a way that they love God and love his standard and they will and then as they grow up they will not depart from it. Yeah. Right? They're not going to depart from it. That's the goal. Now, and for me, that's a bigger goal than just outward conform conformity. Right? Mm-hmm. To the to the to the law. So we could say that's we don't want them just to obey the 10 commandments when they're in our house. We want them to love the 10 commandments yeah. and see the yeah. 10 commandments as the way of human flourishing. Mm-hmm. Right and God is the good and gracious giver of those commandments that they want to they love Him, yeah. right? Yeah. So 
So just just question here. Uh-huh. I mean, you're almost talking as if um, our kids should only be striving to one side and not the other. So is there ever a time where parents it should be we should be parenting in both ways of them obeying and oh, loving yes, the standards? Oh, for sure. And uh, there's going to be another lie. I'll sneak here. Here's a little sneak preview. Uh oh. There's another lie that's coming um, on just shepherding their heart, right? Just going after their heart and just making sure they love Jesus and you have no rules and no standards yeah, yeah. and you don't even know the Ten Commandments. Like that, you, that's a, you could fall off the horse that way mm-hmm. as well. We're hitting this one up front first because I think in gospel-centered, reformed churches, Amen. we can, yeah, we, we can tend to like, we believe in the third use of the law. Now, so, some of you might not know what that means, but that the law... The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. We believe that the law convicts us of our sin, yeah. right? And and it points us to Jesus Christ, right? But the third use of the law also is the law tells us the good points to us the good life. The law tells us what God expects from us. Mm-hmm. So the Bible absolutely es- it, uh, expects children to obey your parents, mm-hmm. right? That's not like an optional thing. Yeah, children should stop when you should say stop, right? Children should. Uh, obey when you say to obey. So, but we want to achieve God's ends through God's means. Mm-hmm. So we want our children to obey through the way that God has appointed. And namely that is through parental affection and the grace of God. Yeah. Right? Parental affection. So you could call it covenant covenant love. Covenant love, covenant affection. So when God gives the commandments, the commandments don't drop out of the sky, you know, Mm -hmm. stones, and you just hear this voice saying, obey it or else. Mm -hmm. Right? The Ten Commandments come after the Exodus. Yeah. And what is the Exodus? The Exodus is God's display of his covenant love. Mm. Right? He delivers them from slavery. He crushes their enemy. He feeds them. He gives them water. He protects them. He provides for them over and over and over and over. So God shows his one-way covenantal love so that the people can now trust him. Mm-hmm. They know he wants He wants what's best for us. And then he drops the commandments. Right? Then, yeah. he, then he gives them, yeah. so obey me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's what... So I think here's, our, here's where we have to take our children and that is we've got to take them to that place of and now on our this side of this side of the cross to the place of the new covenant to the place of how has God demonstrated his covenant of love to us today how has he how has he worked it out and we take them back to the cross and mm-hmm. we take them back to the cross in terms of uh, not obviously uh, a justification but even more than that then even sanctification so yeah. as they more and more love the cross, and they love what the what what the cross is for us, in in terms of what God has done to deal with our sin, and the way that we can get there. In terms of every time we sin, we confess, repent, and confess, and we find that the cross is more than sufficient to cover our sins. That becomes the 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 comfort, and the that's I think that grows the love in our children's hearts in such a way so that then when we do say, and here, by the way, are now uh, commands that God gives to you in order for you to, 
you know, in order to you to live a flourishing life. So you think about it in terms of that. So I, so I go back to that passage, Ephesians chapter 6, where it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Yeah. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Well, that's that's a he's he's describing the blessings of a flourishing life if this this happens. Now you think about it where it fits. It, it fits in Ephesians six, but where, what do we have in Ephesians two? Right? Mm. Ephesians two really gives us the picture of what we were before Christ and what God did for us in terms of when we were still dead. Yeah, He's the one who. Okay, let me pull that apart a little bit. Okay. Here's the temptation. Parents, don't disciple your kids with Ephesians 4 through 6 and forget Ephesians 1 through 3. This is the whole whole structure of the book of Ephesians. The first three chapters, there's only one command, and it's to remember. (laughs) The only one um, thing that, that Paul commands the people to do in the first three chapters of Ephesians is remember what God has already done for them. Predestination, election, um, all of that that you see, salvation, all that stuff in Ephesians 1 through 3. Now, therefore, since God has done all of that for you, now, therefore, obey me. Now submit to one another out of love. Now, children, obey your parents. Now, fathers, don't provoke your children. Now, all of the commands come out of what God has already done. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're saying. So... Rob, Rob's saying here is we want to remind our children when we're giving them the commands, we're not telling you to obey me to make my life easier. Yeah. Now, listen, here's where we have to be honest. Sometimes we are saying that and we have to repent when we're doing it. Yeah. When we're just tired and we're just frustrated and we're just trying to get our kids to shut up and go to bed or do whatever because we're frustrated, yeah. we need to confess that and own yeah. that. We're provoking our children to wrath right there. Fathers, yeah. you're, you're, you're commanded not to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So what we want, it, we want to do is consistently remind our children that, listen, I want it to go well for you. God wants it to go well for you. God wants you to live a long life and prosper in the land, and he's given you the roadmap to get there. Yeah. The roadmap is to confess your sins to God, to receive the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has purchased you on the cross, and now that... The father, he, now God is your father because of what Jesus mm-hmm. has done for you, and the father's laying out. Here's how you obey him. Yeah. Here's what the good life looks like, mm-hmm. right? So but I think that I think that's good though that you're hitting on even with the parents. Like I think the parents also. I mean, we want the kids to be obedient in in all things and and, and love God's standards. But at the same point, we got to re- remember that like you should remember that you were once that like, and we should also remember that. Um, we should have renewed hearts and we should have renewed minds. So then we can model those things where then it comes where kids are seeing like, oh, okay, that's what good looks like. That's what God's standards so, um, look yeah, like. So let's just say this. Parents, this would start with you. Yeah. Do you believe God's commandments mm-hmm. are a blessing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah my, my, my kids... They see right through me. Oh, I, yeah. I just hate that, you know? So <laughs> They'll I, tell they, you about yourself. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so it is amazing. You're absolutely right. Because if we are teaching one thing, but, in, but if our heart is not there, they're going to see it. They, yeah. it will, it'll show itself somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. They are very, you know, they're, they're, they have some intuition there yeah. that's pretty remarkable. And so you're right. It's got to start with us. And part of that, what starts with us, goes back to what you just said, which is there's um, the, the beauty of this is that when we fail, mm-hmm. if we really love the gospel, we're going to repent. Yeah. Because we're going to repent. Oh, that's right. We're I've model got a place it. Yep. to go 
when I have failed my child yeah. and they, I've done it to them, I've yelled at them, I've been you know, harsh, uh, I've wanted bad, bad, bad ends, mm-hmm. you know, control, um, I can confess that to them, I can repent of that and confess that to them, and I can say, and I'm, I can enjoy the forgiveness that, has been re- that I have at the cross. Mm-hmm. They can see me doing that. And then they can see how much I love the gospel, and that causes them to understand, ah, that's what the love of the gospel looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Your kid knows if you're manipulating them just to make your <laughs> yes. life more peaceful. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And that, and listen, that is biblically, that's an injustice. Yeah. That you're sinning against them, and even though you're using God's word to command their obedience, you're sinning against them, and they feel it, and they're rebelling. And they're not rebelling against God. They're rebelling against your um, unjust leadership. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, I mean, I've, I mean, I've heard, even heard in like a lot of teenagers saying, like, whatever you got going on with it, I don't want to have, have anything to be, like, I don't want any part of it because of you're not even living out your standard that you said I should live out. Yeah. So I think we should be very cautious of those things. It's easier when we have little kids, but of course, as you get teenagers, um, it's going to, I mean, they're, they're going to see right through yeah. those things. And if you're a person who doesn't uh, submit to authority, yeah, like, you come home and maybe you're... You're talking bad about the preacher, or you're talking bad about your missional community yeah. leader, or you're talking bad about your boss all the time. Mm-hmm. Your your kids are going to pick that up, oh, yeah. and you they're going to say, "Oh, he doesn't submit to leadership. Yeah. He doesn't respect his elders. Mm-hmm. So why should I?" Yeah, right. And then you're going to want to be like, "Respect your elders," and they're like, "Why? Yeah, why? You don't." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So this is again, this is why that proverb we talked about. Uh, train up a child in, in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from it. This is why it's so—it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, for sure. Because if you're if you're at home gossiping about your Christian community, hmm. or gossiping about your boss, or gossiping about your kid's teacher, well, you're training your child, child up, to yeah. do that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And and that's not training them in the way that they should go. Yeah, that's training them in the way you're going right now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so we have to be people who truly love what God says we should love. That's yeah. obviously God. That's his word. That's his body. That's his people, right? That's his church that we, that Jesus Christ bled and died for his church. Mm. And so we should love his church. We shouldn't mm-hmm. be complaining about how often we have to serve or complaining about our, you know, having to serve on Sunday or having to get up earlier. We should be thankful yeah. that we get to do that. And, and guess what? If you if you have a heart that enjoys those things, your kids are going to see that, and they're going to have a heart that enjoys it. Yeah. If you if you if you're grumbling before you have to go to mission night, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe a mission night again. Oh, I'm yeah. so. And then you're like, kids, get in the car, have a good attitude. You're like, make you look good. You're a hypocrite. Yeah. Like you're being a hypocrite, and your kids are going to have that. Now listen, we take our kids to mission night, and most of the time in my mind or in my heart, I don't really want to go. Like That's there, right? And I'll sometimes say it, guys, I don't want to go either. But listen, Jesus Christ came on mission for us and died for us when we didn't deserve it, right? And and now he's changed us into his image and now we go and do that for others. Like God sent us there on mission. I'm teaching them it's not about your feelings, but I'm being honest, right? I'm being honest and saying, I don't feel like going, I don't feel like going either, Mm -hmm. right? And not just being a hypocrite and have a good, put a smile on your face and let's get in the car and go. Oh, okay, yeah. so you bring something up. Let's see if I can articulate this. Um, so you just stated yourself that you realize you need to obey God even when you don't feel like obeying God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and we are, our topic here is children, you just need to obey your parents. It sounds like we're saying two different things here. Are we saying two different things or do we need to tease out a little bit about this thing about feelings and about, you know, uh, doing what is, what is right and good and, and true? And right. So these two things are not mutually exclusive. Okay, and what do I mean by that? I didn't know that I loved wrestling until I got involved with wrestling and I started wrestling and I, start, I, I created this habit of going to practice and this habit of working out. And the more I wrestled, the better I got at it. And the better I got at it, the more I realized I loved it. How good it was. And the more time. I loved it, mm-hmm. the more... I wanted to improve and get better. Okay. Okay. So there's this, God's made us in such a way that you probably will never love reading until you're good at reading Mm -hmm. and you'll never be good at reading until you read a lot. Right. Right. So God's made us, we are, we are an embodied creature. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so doing things over and over and over has a way of reaching in and shaping our soul or liturgical. That's why, we do liturgy on Sunday morning. Right. We're doing, we are doing the right things a, a, in hopes that our heart will catch up to us. Right. Right? So, but, but then our heart, once it does, it leads us to do those right things. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Again. Okay. So if I can stop you there just for a minute, and that is that, so this, I think, going back to maybe what you were asking earlier, Alex, is that there is a place where obedience is just necessary in the sense of asking our child to be obedient, even if they don't, enjoy it they don't really want to at that moment in the sense of I don't really want to do this kind of a feel to it but so there is a place of obedience for the sake of obedience and that they're doing the right thing but that's not our end game our end game is is that as they learn obedience they begin to love the heart change would that be am I I articulating this so if you only aim at obedience you could create a robot right sure we don't want a robot. Right. Mm-hmm. We want someone who loves God yeah. Yeah. and loves his standard. Right. Right? That, because a robot won't reproduce. A robot, mm-hmm. literally, a robot is sterile, right? Yeah. A robot cannot reproduce. Yeah. We want people who love God and love his standard and therefore go out and reproduce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, so we want our home. Now, listen, so what should you expect your kids to obey? 100%. Yes. You should expect your kids to obey the first time, right away, <laughs> cheerful obedience with a good attitude, but you're not going to get that from outside pressure only. Right. Yeah. All right? You've got to have the rules. You've got to have the standard, but you've got to aim at the heart. Sure. So I'm just, I'm brought to, you know, David and uh, in Psalm 16 when... David does not talk like a robot who has just received the commandments of God and he knows what is expected of him, right? Listen to what he says in 1611. You make known to me the path of life. Mm. Okay, the path of life. We could say that's the law of God. We could say that's the Ten Commandments. We could say that's, you show me how I'm supposed to live my life, okay? Now listen to this. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. But a preset thing. 
<laughs> so, Let's go. <laughs> so he does not say, oh, Ten Commandments, puritanical, conservative, constricting my freedom, taking away all the joy out of life. You know, all I can watch are Christian movies for the rest of my life and I have to wear a black and white suit or whatever, you know, just yeah. like he doesn't see this. He doesn't see God and God's ways as constricting him. Mm-hmm. He sees it as the path that opens him up to the fullness of joy and the ple- and pleasures forevermore. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. That should define the culture of your home. Mm-hmm. The culture of your home should be joyful. There should be fullness of joy and it should be drawing attention to the pleasures of God that are at his right hand forevermore. So, your dinner table mm-hmm. is a great opportunity to talk about, to, for, I mean, it should be a joyful place. Yeah. Your dinner table should be joyful. Yeah. Now, if you only have kids under the age of five or four, okay, he, he, please hear this through future grace to you, okay? Because obviously, with little with littles, it's not like my. I have a twenty month old daughter right now, who can only say a few words, but she can hit notes. She can screech like a pterodactyl. She's trying okay? to get involved. <laughs> and when you're in this little small dining room with with hard walls and hard floors, it it pierces your ears and it reaches a point in my soul that immediately makes me sweat and makes me angry. Okay? Oh, yeah, Because sure. you're trying to eat and it's just like, ah! So I know what that feels like, okay? I know what that feels like. It takes a lot of patience and that doesn't feel like uh, super enjoyable and and pleasures forevermore. But I'll just, I'm just going to give you an example. Uh, we were... Su- we were worn out uh, yesterday. So yesterday we was uh, Sunday, and we had, obviously we have two services, uh, very full services. My wife was singing and leading a few, few songs yesterday for both services. So what that means for us as a family of seven is we all get up early and go, and my, my girls tip, typically go and um, serve in the kids' ministry and, and help, help the other baby and help babies out and all this kind of stuff. So basically what it means is, from like seven hmm. to noon, um, five hours, five solid hours, we're on. We're ministering. We're serving. Okay, and we enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not complaining about it. My kids don't complain about it. They love serving in that way, and so I'm thankful that they love it. But what that meant was Sunday night, Amanda didn't have anything planned for dinner, and uh, I was like, "What are we going to do?" I'm like, we're looking at leftovers, looking at stuff, and none of that was looking appetizing. So I was like, "All right." We're going to Old Faithful. And for us, Old Faithful is going to Azteca and getting what used to be called uh, the fajitas for two. Yeah. If you ever know about this. Now it's called something like Texas Fajitas Large or something. This is, if you have a big family, here we go. I'm giving you some insights. This is the (laughs) best deal in the Quad Cities. We go, a family of seven, we can eat there for cheaper than we can go to Culver's, Mm -hmm. and we come home with a ton of leftovers. And basically all it is is steak, chicken, shrimp, vegetables, just... And free chips. And free chips. And free chips. <laughs> yeah, free chips. chips and salsa, baby. <laughs> just, and they come out, and it is a giant pile. It is a giant pile of meat. And so I got a, a 15 or almost 16-year-old son. He eats. My wife eats. I eat. All my girls eat. And literally, we went home 
and I had it for lunch again today, and there's still a bunch left. So, yeah. so but I, I digress. We're there, and it was super enjoyable as a family. We're eating good food. I'm enjoying a good drink. My wife's enjoying a good drink. We're, we're laughing. We're cutting up. We're enjoying the good gifts of God. We've served God all day long. I'm asking them how that went. They're telling me about their favorite babies and how mm. cute they are. And mm. they're telling me about the babies that are hitting kids and pushing them over <laughs> and choking them in the nursery. <laughs> and I'm, we're laughing about it. And, and we're sitting there and I was just struck by the goodness of God and the pleasures of God yeah. and good food and family and conversation yeah. and kids that love God. And I was just really thankful. Now, again, that doesn't happen every night, yeah. and, but in that moment it did. And I was just like, because my children have been disciplined, we can go out to eat. They didn't get pop. I got them, I got them all waters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a bunch of fighting. There wasn't a bunch of complaining. There wasn't a bunch of, I want something different on the menu, dad. I want this. I want that. They know the standard. They know, <laughs> you know, and so it just made it, it was just pleasurable and they yeah. had a good time and we had a good time and we laughed and cut up on the, on the way home. Yeah. And that, that's what I mean is that's, that's the blessing of covenant faithfulness, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's covenant love that they've been loved well, they've had a standard applied to them well, and then guess what? Now we can enjoy their, the fruit of their obedience. Yeah. Because if you have a brat, I'll just, if you have a brat, yeah. it just ruins everything. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a, 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 a teenage boy who's just a punk and he always wants to have his, his AirPods in and he'll never talk to the family, that's just not enjoyable. Yeah, no. Right. Right? So here, here is you're, you're demonstrating for, you know, th- there's a sense of, oh, you know, what, what's going to make people happy is not to have any rules, not to have any standards, do whatever you want to do. And we think that that's freedom and we think that that's going to bring, you know, somehow it's going to bring happiness. It's just the opposite. Yes. You, you just described it. It's just the opposite if... If you can't can't reliably know that your children are going to be able to sit down around the table without causing complaints and you know and, and a lot of lot of argument, but when you create these these standards for them that they're solid standards, they know this is the way it works, then they just live within that standard and they they love it. You yeah. know, so that, that you demonstrated it last night. Let me give you another example. So yesterday I came in uh, Saturday, Alabama lost to Tennessee. If you saw that, it was an <laughs> it was a crazy game. But everybody knows that when Alabama loses, I, you know, I take it personally, and I'm, I'm pretty upset. I've, got, I've grown in a lot of maturity, though, so I, I was like, But a guy in the band, a guy in the band, as soon as I walked in this, on Sunday morning, he's like, roll tide, and just jabbed me, right? Oh, and, yeah. and, and first thing, I, was, I just kind of shook my head, and then I, I went up to him afterwards. I was like, hmm, first thing you see, you got to throw a little jab. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. He's, and this is what he said. That was the serpent's head in me. That was the serpent's <laughs> and, and he's getting this idea of the old man or Satan, but the old mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. rises up, and, and our job is to keep our foot on the neck of the old man or, yeah. or put Christ's, head, Christ's heel on the head of the serpent in us, okay? Yeah. And he admitted in that moment, oh, that was me. I was just I was kind of being a jerk. And Now, I thought that was a great uh, statement, and this is what I want to say. All of us and our children have the old man or the serpent on the inside that wants to rise up. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. When your daughter comes down and she's got that attitude at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., and you can tell that attitude is there, here's what... You can attack the serpent's head from the outside and be mm-hmm. like, what, you know, are you, what's your problem? What's your problem? <laughs> Fix your face. Yeah. Get, right? And how do you think that's going to go? Yeah. yeah. 
Anybody got daughters? How's oh it? my goodness! <laughs> I ain't got daughters. You ain't got. Thank it's you, not going to go well. It no is comment. not going to go well. I it's can tell go. you that. But here's <laughs> the deal. <ugly. laughs> here's what you need to see. She's miserable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The serpent's head rises up. The old man rises up, and she's miserable too. And here's yeah. the reality: she's less mature spiritually than you are. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how to bruise the head of the serpent. She doesn't know how to fix her face. She doesn't know how to gospel herself out of it. Your job as a parent is to say, hmm, I see the serpent rising up. Serpents, serpents, listen, we got we to gotta squash that serpent. We got to squash that serpent or I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right? But I, th- I think what's good what you're getting on there is uh, like you're correcting the behavior and correcting the situation instead of letting it go on throughout the whole entire day because everybody wants to get to the good, fun meals, um, but without doing the work, it's going to be really impossible to get there. So, yes, correcting, but also instructing. Yeah. Also saying, hey, hon, I can see that you got a bad attitude, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I I just said the serpent's rising up. Um, I've heard people that come up with funny, uh, funny names for it, like Mopey the Dragon or whatever, like, hey, I can see Mm -hmm. Mopey the Dragon's around. I've got a, a pet name, but I can't say it for one of my kids that I can just tell when they're in that attitude yeah. that, oh, I can say, I can tell there he is, or there she is. There's the, there's the person, there's the mm-hmm. alter ego. Yeah. There's the Mopey, the dragon. Yeah. Now we want to, this is what we're doing. We're getting our kids to see, oh, I'm, I have a bad attitude right now. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I mean, and equating to like, well, that is a sin. I, I'm, I'm called to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm called to have a good attitude. But then, more than just that, you can't just point it out. Yep. You can't just discipline because of it. You have to teach them how to get out of that. Yeah. Right? How to get out of that. Here, and also the repercussions of, hey, if you keep this attitude, you go to school with this attitude, you're going to have a bad day at school. You're going to be upset with your friends. You're going to be upset with your teacher. It's not going to go well for you. Yeah. So we need to snip this in the bud right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So what can we do right now to snap out of this? Right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to find out. Maybe she's... And super insecure about her hair that day or her clothes or her thing. Okay, what does God say about that? What does God's word say about that? Mm. Where's your identity? True beauty is is, uh, is of the heart, right? Is a, is a, is a humble and quiet spirit, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is a humble and quiet spirit. That's what God looks at. Um, right? but, I think, but I think as well, even with parents, like, I, I mean, as you're instructing the kid, like, um, what is it about you and uh, uh, in the, maybe the next the day before? Maybe you let the kid stay up way too late. Or maybe, you know, there's there was no type of instruction there where then this this could have reoccurred. Yeah, there's there's gonna be you for sure. You need yeah, to yeah, you yeah. need to be able to learn that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know if our kids watch this type of show, they start their yeah. attitudes start changing. If mm-hmm. they stay up too late, they're gonna be grumpy the next day. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there are those things. Mm-hmm. But parents need to get good at helping their kids diagnose what's going on in their own soul. Yeah. And then Reminding them of the gospel, that they're loved. So mm-hmm. here's one thing, mom and dad. Loving your teenage kids when they're unlovable. Yeah. yeah. So here's the what teenagers, they don't know what they need. Mm-hmm. So teenagers want to push away, and what they really need is love. They really need affection. Mm-hmm. When she's being snarky and bratty, what she really needs is more attention, more affection, more love. She needs the father to remind her how beautiful she is. She needs mm-hmm. the father to remind her how much he loves. Dads have to be over, overly 
um, affirmative and yeah. affectionate towards their teenage kids. And this is what's so, uh, it, we get, we, we're, we're receiving the opposite feedback. Yeah. So we're like, every time I try to do that, they're pushing away from me or, or he doesn't want anything to do with me right now. No, that's, and, and foolish parents let their kids parent them and they back away during yeah. that time. When what's really needed is mm -hmm. you need to take her on a date. Yeah. You need to take, you need to go spend more time with her and go do something she wants to do. Go mm -hmm. walk the mall, go get a coffee, get her nails done and let her talk. Mm -hmm. Right. Or him, he, he needs to wrestle. Yeah, he needs to. And rest. I was just gonna give an example. He, he like, needs to go play football. Yeah. Or my my son literally like. There's a times where he's he's in a grumpy mood, and you know there's a time where I'm just like, hey, what's going on? Nothing, nothing. And then like, oh, you just need a hug. You just need a hug. And I try to force the hug. Yeah. And then he's trying to reject it. But then it comes into a fun, goofy wrestling match. Yeah. And then it's like afterwards, it's hey, you want to go outside and shoot some hoops? And then I let him, you know, tell me about his day. Yeah. And then as he tells me about his day, it, it helps me to be able to know where he's at. So yeah. one 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 example here. Teenagers are, they're just foolish, right? Mm -hmm. They're just foolish. We joke about it, but, you know, I joke with my son about it because a male, a, a young man's brain doesn't quit developing until he's like 25. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, hey, man, you got to have a brain. I get it. I get it. It's, you're still developing, you know? <laughs> so, brain. but what, but what, what you see with teenagers is they fall short of your standard and yeah. you see it now. Mm -hmm. Big, they say the wrong thing. They're sloppy. They're lazy. They're, yeah. they're whatever. There's a, you just see all these. So the temptation is to just nitpick, 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 yeah. nitpick, and nitpicking does not produce righteousness. Yeah. The anger of man does not produce the mm. righteousness of God. And so what you have to do is you have to work really hard at catching them to do doing the right things, yeah. rewarding those good things, um, commending them, being affectionate towards using positive words. So yeah. I was in Proverbs. Oh, I read Proverbs every day, but I was in Proverbs and it said, a wise son makes a glad father. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it says, but a foolish son mm -hmm. is, a, is a, despises his mother or something like that, or yeah. brings shame to his mother. And I just thought, you know what? My son is so much wiser than I was at his age. Yeah. And you know what? That brings gladness to my heart. So I thanked God for it. And then I was like, well, he was asleep, you know, at this time because it was in the morning. I was like, I'm going to text him that. So I just texted him that proverb and I just said, Hey man, I see you growing in wisdom every day and that makes my heart glad. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I thought that thought, mm -hmm. but it wasn't enough to think that thought because I don't communicate that nearly off, often yeah. enough. Cause I'm communicating. Why did you just do that to your sister? Yep. Mm -hmm. Why you got a B minus because you forgot your homework. What? Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm calling him to that standard. So what we're saying is specifically with little kids, it's easier because they're so lovable. Little kids are so lovable, right? Yeah. You just They do nothing for you, but you just love them. Teenagers, they're less lovable, but you actually need to be more affectionate mm -hmm. and go after their heart even more during those teenage years. So question here. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it sounds like you have um, been through all these things and you have great language right, to be able to disciple your kids and walk them through situations. So, like, what do you say to the parent that doesn't have that language and maybe they respond in anger or maybe they respond in shutting down and, or however their parents, you know, treated them? Um, what does it look like to give our, our people language to be able to love their kids well? Well, I have learned all of this stuff from either God's Word or listening to podcasts and, and, and reading books. And so like when you said you have great language, I'm kind of like, 
I don't know what you mean. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I guess, echoing what I've been taught, mm-hmm. right? And so that, hey, I would say start reading Proverbs. Yeah. Because again, Proverbs is a parenting manual. That's, mm-hmm. that's really what Proverbs is. It's a parenting manual. And you're going to learn things like, you know, it's, uh, and I, I can never say, I, I always say it, or I always, I, I fail to say it word for word sometimes, but, you know, better a man who rules his spirit than the man who conquers a city. Yeah. So basically what it's saying is self-control, mm-hmm. temperance, like it's better to be in control of your emotions than a man who conquers the city, yeah. right? You you learn that kind of parenting language and then not, now I can use that with my child. When my child's out of control, yeah. hey, scripture says it's better for you to control your spirit, control your emotions than mm-hmm. conquer a city. Yeah. Right? Let's, let's, we could say let's conquer yourself before mm-hmm. you go out and try to conquer the world or conquer the test or conquer the thing. Yeah. Let's, let's control. So I think Proverbs, that's what Proverbs is. Proverbs gives you amazing mm-hmm. language. So I'd say go to the Proverbs. If you hear something you like from me, steal it. Yeah, because I've probably stole it from somebody else. Yeah. I think for us and our family, what my wife and I have done is, is when we're not real certain what to do, um, and we now only have one daughter at home, and we had three sons, and we thought we had this whole parenting thing down, and then we had a daughter, and I tell you what, all those <laughs> rules went out the window, and it was yep. totally different, and it has it it's been really challenging mm-hmm. for us. But what we have tried to, when we're like we're just stymied, we don't know what to do. We think, okay, we start going back to our relationship with God, and we start asking ourselves, well. How does God, how is God reacting to me? Because I see myself and my daughter. I mean, yeah. I see when my daughter does some things and the attitudes that she, you know, she, she yeah. has, I think, oh, yeah, I, I've done that to God. I, I see it. Mm-hmm. And so then I think, well, how has he responded to me in that? And that has helped me. And, and so you go back to this whole idea of God continues to express his love towards me. He continues to say, you, I'm, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So that has been useful for us to go back and say, okay, love, I love you. You're my daughter. You will always be my daughter. You know, (laughs) we're going through a pretty tough time right now, but I just want you to know this, you're mine and I love you. We need to work this out kind of a thing, you know? So it's, it's been interesting to just, she has, you know, God has given her to us in in one regard to help us go deeper in our understanding of of God's love for us as Mm -hmm. we have to reflect on how does he treat us in these situations? Because I know yeah. I've been treating God this very way that I'm complaining now about my daughter. Yeah. And that's been very, very helpful. So we've been saying here, obedience isn't the goal of parenting, right? That's right. the lie. The lie parents believe is, I just have to get my kids to conform to the law of God. Like, yeah. just get them to go to church and yeah. sit through, sit quietly and obey me. That's not the goal. The goal is to get them to love the standard to love God and to love his ways. So you have to communicate over communicate that freedom is found in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. Pleasure is found in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. Joy is found in obedience to God. And you have to confess your own sin when you're not loving God's standard. Yeah. Right. And you're not loving God that way. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the goal, right? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Um, And one other thing I would say is, is so over communicating that. And then, pointing out in movies and 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 conversations with your kids about neighbors or conversation with your kids about schoolmates you, they start talking this person's gossiping start saying mm-hmm. things like how do you think that's going to go for them yeah what well, how do you think that's going to work out for them mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do is trying to point so your kids can start see patterns of sin 
and patterns of sin will ultimately lead to destruction, will lead to chaos, mm-hmm. will lead to pain. And you want your kids to connect with the opposite of, of obedience. Oh, disobedience brings further destruction, further pain, further chaos. Sure. So one part of loving the standard is seeing the contrary, right? Seeing that, mm-hmm. wow, okay, if this person starts smoking weed, what's that going to happen to them? And then at first, oh, they're having a blast. They're having so much fun, Dad. Mm-hmm. Look, And then you just track it. Oh, yeah, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. And it leads to destruction. Yep. It leads to chaos. It leads to pain, right? Mm-hmm. So then your kids don't want to have anything to do with that not because they don't want it to go bad for them, right? So that's, that's another way of helping them see the goodness of God in the standards that God gives and the blessing of, yeah. uh, of God, God's ways. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. And I, right. and I think, too, just even with, like, with that, I, I think like being in a good gospel-centered community, and I think the hope is that a lot of people are listening from, from our church or in community, um, but maybe for some that are, are not, like you have to be a part of community for you to be able to see these things and be aware, and then also just learn from one another. I mean, we no one here is perfect in parenting, but at the same time, we can learn from each other and we can flourish together in our community. Yep. So it's good. All right, so that is lie number three: that obedience is the goal of parenting. Hopefully, we have uh, explained that well. Maybe we've uh, stirred up some questions in you. So if you got any questions, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com, and we'll do our best to answer them here on the podcast. We love you. We're praying for you. And we will see you next time on the Sacred City Life podcast. God bless.